0: And we'll share this recording after today's presentation for you. Additionally, you can find our recordings at youreyes.org. And again, we'll share it via email. They're going to have timestamps. That way you can navigate to the speakers and topics that interest you. A couple of announcements. Our next town hall is going to be Wednesday, November 15th at 11 a.m. We're keeping with the third Wednesday at 11 a.m. The topic for next month is money management with low vision. POB Reads, our Talking Books Book Club, is gonna continue throughout the fall and winter. Our next meeting is gonna be on Friday, November 3rd. That's in just a little over two weeks. The selection this time is The Wager, a tale of shipwreck, mutiny, and murder by David Grant. This is a tale of human behavior at the extremes told by one of our greatest nonfiction writers. All selections are available on Talking Books, Audible, and many other audiobook platforms. The club meets virtually on a bi-monthly the basis. Donor can also can watch can this recording up it's stored in the cloud. Any POB participant POB. granted permission can want well, close. POBreads.org Also, save the date. Backed by popular demand is Being the Light, Friends, and Family Connection. The event's going to serve to bring both those with vision loss and your friends and family together to learn about vision loss, having conversations on the topic, and get each other connected with others experiencing similar challenges. Our next luncheon panel discussion is going to be Sunday, December 10th at 12 p.m. You can learn more by visiting beingthelightpob.org. As a reminder, our resource hotline is available Monday through Friday, 11 to 5. And if you want to make an in-person appointment, you can do so at our Bethesda location on Thursdays and Fridays and our Alexandria location on Mondays. Additionally, we do have device vendors available by appointment at our Alexandria office. Now, I do mention that, but I want to make clear we do not endorse any specific products, vendors, or services. Rather, our goal is to inform you all on what is available so that way you can make your own informed decision on things. If you or someone you know would like to be added to our newsletter mailing list, give our hotline a call at 301-951-4444 or shoot us an email at events at your eyes.org. Again, our hotline 301-951-4444. This past Thursday, October 12th, was World Sight Day. World Sight Day is a time to raise awareness and focus on vision health, blindness, and vision impairment. And as a part of this, POB partnered with Prevent Blindness America for an advocacy day, advocacy day at the Rayburn House building down on Capitol Hill. POB conducted, conducted glaucoma screenings, and our executive director, Ms. Karen Forston, participated in a press briefing focusing on the importance of vision health and serving the community. I encourage everyone to tell their family members that an annual eye exam is so, so, so important as it is the only way to catch many of these eye conditions before they have permanent vision loss. Okay, enough about our announcements. Let's get on to our today's topic. The topic for today is travel outside of the DMV. We all know that travel for vacation or work can be daunting, especially with vision loss. Planning flights, getting through security, securing transportation at your destination, and the like, can all be stressful and even more so when we cannot see well. Today, we have some great guests on to share with you some travel options and a guide for how you can have a positive travel experience. First up, we have Ms. Sue Bramhall, the founder of Minds Eye Travel. Sue launched Minds Eye Travel back in 2008 in order to address the challenge she was facing herself. Her own RP, or retinitis pigmentosa, had advanced to the point where she could no longer travel independently and comfortably. Her love of travel prompted her though to create a service for the visually impaired people like herself. Sue, welcome to the town hall and thank you for presenting today. The floor is yours. Oh,
1: thanks for inviting me. Yeah as as you mentioned um I I had to stop driving twenty six years ago and um that's when I Finally, came up with the idea of starting Minds Eye Travel. Um, I I just assume there are other people like me who want to keep traveling but needed assistance in order to um, get where we want to go safely and uh, be able to um, have v- various services available. Also, so I just um, I was not a travel agent. I just said, well, I'll just start slowly. And so that's what I did. In 2008, um, I had a small group that came up here in Maine. That's where I live, right on the coast of Maine. And um, the first year and second year, we did um, small Maine trips starting in Portland and came up to Midcoast and went up to Bar Harbor. And, um, and then bit by bit, um, I started adding other types of uh, trips. Um, people wanted to go on cruises. So we added um, cruises and continued to do uh, land tours as well. So here I am, 16 years later, and and i just going crazy <laughs> with trips. Typically, I do about three a year. Um, they're uh, just for visually impaired and blind people, and what we do is bring fully sighted people to um, assist us, and it just depends on what kind of trip. Sometimes two. Travelers will share one-sided guide, and sometimes we can do a one-on-one. Uh, but that's our main purpose is um, to pick um different adventures. Like we love to go to different national parks. This next year we're going back to Yellowstone. Um, so we all fly into Yellowstone and then um everyone meets. I've I have vendors there that I've used before that do a really good job of um, getting us to all the different activities and taking us to the places that um, have good input and a lot of tactical opportunities. Um, That's one of the advantages, using somebody local uh, because they know uh, the ins and outs and what's in each place and what museums we can um, get something out of and which ones just to skip. But generally, I I try to come up with a variety of um, destinations. Usually um, my clients tell me, oh, yeah, this is on my bucket list, list and or I'd, I'd love to go here. So if I hear two or three of those from from my clients, I, I start to look at that and look at adding it. Um, and I don't repeat things very often. Um, I had to this year because it was actually overflow from a trip from last year. But generally, um, um if I repeat something, it's usually maybe four or five years later. Um, some I don't repeat at all, but the main trips I repeat. We're starting to repeat our Africa safari now because that's become popular, um, and everybody loves cruises. So uh, we're going to do a Portugal river cruise next. Next, um, uh, two thousand five, two thousand twenty five. Um, let's see, two thousand twenty four in April. We're doing a British Isles cruise. Um, that's on Viking. It's an Ocean Viking cruise, and we start in Bergen, Norway, and then um, it's a that's a two week cruise. So that's a nice long one. Um, we're just starting to work on a trip to Nashville. We'll, of course, be all focusing on uh, music, and and um, we'll get we'll get started on that. I'm not sure what dates we're going to do. Whether that'll be 2024 or 2025, but we'll see. And, um, let's see. That's what we've got worked up for the next couple of years. Um, I'm not sure how much time you want me to talk, Sean, but um I guess my point is what I what I did and and what ha- I found to work the best is um, start small, um, just for small groups. Um, bring some sighted people we cover their costs they are volunteers they don't get paid but we do cover their expenses for the trips and we just all get together you know we we've made new friends get together you know once a year a couple times a year Um, I have a lot of clients that come every year and some just every other year and they're still getting a lot of new people um, as far as I know, I'm the only one doing this in the States. Um, I, I could be wrong, but um, it, the way that I do it with just bringing sighted people, there might be other options out there. But um, so, you know, over the years, we've gone all over the world. Last year, we went to Vietnam and Cambodia. Um, we've been to New Zealand, Australia, Asia, Um Alaska, Hawaii, all over Europe. Um haven't been to South America yet. Not 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 yet. Not to put that on the list. Um, but generally been a- almost all over the whole world. Um, I guess what I'll do is end here and um take questions later.
0: Thanks, Sue. And uh what what um what is the process like for you with planning these trips?
1: Uh, well, the nice thing was when I started um, Minds Eye Travel, everyone, everything was becoming web-based. So I was able to go online and search for destinations, what to do in certain areas, what are the most popular things. And I just read over the activities and figure out if it's something that we'd be able to get a lot out of or not. Um, so that's that's been the, actually the easiest part and then you go a little further and you start to interview vendors and but you find everybody on basically you go online and find everything you need to know. And it just takes time to go through stuff and and figure out activities and you have to figure out uh transportation and and you know, I, will like will they pick you up at your hotel and drop you off there? That's always the best. When I pick a hotel, I like to um have one that has a restaurant. So if we don't feel like going out. We don't have to leave the hotel that evening because sometimes some of the days are really full and you're tired. But um, it's it's been good that I've been able to work on the um, Internet to be able to find destinations and, and and build on each of the trips.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And how how did you find these sighted volunteers to go with you? Uh, you know, was it like a friend that started or did you put There's, out a some are friends,
1: yep, some are family and some are friends And as I meet people in my own community, I, I, you know, I just um, when I find somebody that's very patient and very kind, I think, oh, that would be a perfect person to help us on our trips. So I just, you know, if I haven't known them for very long, I try to get to know them a little more. And then um, what I do typically is um, I'll meet them for lunch and I'll just kind of play around with them guiding me a little bit just to get a sense of you know do they get it would they would be good at it or well you know some people just would never get it but um so I kind of interview them face to face and um go from there
0: okay okay this is so interesting this is such a cool service uh that we actually (laughs) heard about so we actually heard about this at one of the being the light events from someone they mentioned, oh I like looked into this and whatnot and we thought oh my gosh we got to have Sue on the, we got to hear more about this, sir. Yeah, I
1: was wondering how you found me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, what is it? The seven degrees of Kevin Bacon and we worked oh. a way we worked our way around and learned more about you. And I wanted to share this because I think it's such a cool oh. service.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there a, is there a cost involved for the travelers on top of, you know, what, you know, transportation and like the excursion costs or anything like that?
1: Um. Well, what we do is when I go to price it, it's they're they're, they're paying for their own, trip whether it's a cruise or a, a land tour it's a whole package we don't include airfare because everyone comes from all different states um our trips always start at the destination um so basically the price is for the individual and ha- you know if they're sharing a guide then it's 50 percent of the cost of the guide so that's their cost
0: okay Wonderful. So you're almost like you're like a travel agent for people who are visually impaired to go on group group trips together, right? hmm. That is awesome.
1: Yep.
0: Thank you. All right. So I do want to move to our next speakers, but I do see a hand raised. Janice, did you want to ask a quick question?
1: Yes. I wanted to ask Sue if
3: she has a um, newsletter that she can send out to folks that we can get on so we can know what her upcoming trips are, if you'd like to participate.
1: I I don't have a newsletter. I I don't like to write. That's my husband's <laughs> job. He's a writer and an editor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I, I when I when I put together our trips and I write them all up, I give him all the facts and he, he makes it sound really good. Um so no, I don't do a, a newsletter, but um he, on my website, uh, and the website is mines I travel. It's M I N D S E Y E travel.com. Um, there's an area that you can um, be asked to add to our database. So whenever I'm putting new trips on, I um, I email everybody and let them gotcha. know if changes or dates changes or price changes or anything going on or just updates on things, um, then everyone will get the information at once.
0: Perfect. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. And, and Sue, where was your favorite destination that you've done so far?
1: Oh, boy um i have three favorites (laughs) okay um my favorite city is paris um the one thing about paris that i just love is there's there's no um high rises you know there's there's light everywhere i mean for people with low vision that makes such a big difference with our mobile mobility you know you go to new york city and even some of washington dc it's you know that everything's in shadows because the the buildings are so tall Mm -hmm. um to me the feel in paris is just so welcoming and so wonderful and that just the light the light of the city my uh two favorite my favorite um other countries is italy i just adore italy um my husband's um, parents are italian and then um the uk i just love going to the uk so i can't wait for this british isles cruise that we're doing in april it's gonna be extra fun
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sue, I will uh, pause there and we'll do more questions at the end. I want to give our other speakers a chance. Mm-hmm. Stan, I see your hand is raised. So Stan, you're our next speaker. So if you have a question, that'd be a great transition. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hi. Can everybody hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. Hold on a second. I'm going to mute my, my own voice over here. I wanted to ask a question real quick because this is fresh in my mind. I think, Sue, it would be very helpful if you could go over the process of how an individual would uh, look for and then sign up for one of your trips. I think that would be helpful. In uh, and, and then I have one follow-up question before I begin my what I uh, want to talk about.
1: Um, well, basically, you'd come to my website, and it, yeah, we have them on um, by dates, you know, chronologically. So the, the most current, you'll see the most current uh, trips first. Um, and then I have a full description. I'm, I'm right, you know, right down to details of what each trip is um, we're doing on a day-to-day basis. So people can read over that um, whole trip and decide which ones that, you know, they're interested in. And just this week, I'm finally um, getting my website uh, update is so that we can take de- deposits and payments. So once you've decided on your trip that you'd like to do, you go in and you create an account and um, make a deposit on the trip that you want to sign up for. And then as we go along, you can make payments also. So we're, we're fine tuning that and hopefully having that up and running by the end of this week. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the basic process. I mean, a lot of people already have a few destinations that they like. You can take a look. Maybe I already have something up that's right right, what you're looking for. Um, but that's that's the best approach.
2: Okay. I, yeah, I just wanted to get an idea for people uh, how they would go about looking for and then possibly booking uh, a trip with you. That, that was I just thought that would be helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. That
2: sounds a lot simpler than a lot of other travel, travel sites I deal with. My oh. follow-up question is, if we have a sighted spouse, how would that work? could they come uh that kind of thing I mean obviously they sure they,
1: they yeah if you have a friend or a relative that wants to come and be your side of guide then um, you'll have a discount because you' you don't have to pay for
2: another person to be your guide well on top of their trip of course I see yeah right mm-hmm. well, okay wonderful I will be checking out your website and is that mind's eye to be mm-hmm. clear wonderful yes. okay.
0: And just, just a heads up, I put that in the chat box folks. If you want to, if you want to check it out there. All right, go ahead, Stan.
2: Thanks, Sean. Um, I want to talk about, I do a lot of travel. I, uh, uh, I've traveled. I love the fact Sue's doing a Portugal river cruise taken from me. That was fabulous. I did that back in 2018 was wonderful. Um, There's a lot more I could say about where I've been and how much fun I've had. But what I wanted to mention first and foremost is that often as blind people, we think we're exclusively stressed out and troubled by issues that also affect the sighted. And I have to say that travel is foremost in that, in the sense what I'm trying to say is travel is stressful for everyone. We have some particular issues that make it more stressful for us, for example, navigating in a new location, or most especially navigating through an airport or perhaps a train station. Uh, but I think it's important to bear in mind that as I have become more experienced traveling, I do things that I might not have done once in my life in order to reduce my stress traveling and my partner's stress traveling with me as, a, as my sighted uh, companion. My wife tri- makes many trips with me. And this is why I do things, for example, like I have a home airport being Dulles, so I'm fortunate enough to then have a home airline, United Airlines. I'm not saying United is the best airline, but if one lives near a hub for a particular airline, say Delta and Atlanta or, you know, that kind of thing, it's probably good to use that airline as much as possible, Um in order to accumulate miles and travel points and the whole thing because if one does travel enough it starts to pay off uh, right away maybe you get to check a second bag for free that kind of thing but the main issue for me with united airlines is they have an accessibility hotline a number a phone number you can call when you have accessibility issues also in their app now which is Oh, I'd say 90% accessible with, say, voiceover on the phone. When one books a flight, one has the option to get a wheelchair. And I know many people say, I don't need a wheelchair. I can walk through an airport. And you're right. You can. I can. But what I've learned, for example, is the people that would help you get through the airport don't handle walking with you and providing just guidance as well as if you just get in the wheelchair and let them take you to your gate. Um, For me and my wife, this makes it really simple because that way my wife can handle our carry on luggage uh, that she's responsible for without worrying whether I'm able to keep up with her moving through the airport. Uh, as much as my mobility skills are pretty good, it still happens that people in a hurry or not paying attention cut me off from my wife. And then she can get far ahead of me or if she makes a turn that I don't notice, uh, then we're separated in the airport. And that's a very stressful situation, both for me and for her. So I urge people, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to care if you're in a wheelchair. People aren't going to judge you that you're in a wheelchair. And in fact, they're more likely to judge you if you're kind of trying to find your partner or trying to find your gate destination and you can't get anybody, even if with a white cane, to give you the information you need. Because, of course, the typical, oh, it's down that over there, and as they point you know, that isn't very helpful. And all that ends up doing is increasing your stress. So I am a firm believer in first and foremost, when traveling, do things to try to reduce your stress. Um, And for me, that's say packing, uh, packing as lightly as I can, so that a lot of the things I need to hand right away, like on the airplane or in a backpack that I wear on my back. So I have my cane hand and my other hand free to either pull a tote, uh, you know, a carry-on bag or what have you. I use, uh, I've gotten familiar with most of the airline apps and I put my boarding pass in my Apple wallet on Android. There are other ways to do that. That way I know that that stuff is pretty much taken care of. There's nothing more frustrating than... It's time to get on the airplane and which darn pocket did I put that piece of paper in? And when I get it out, I don't know if it's the right one. Yes, you can tell by feel. It's probably the boarding pass, but it could also be your um, claim ticket for the luggage that you checked for the flight. So, again, I try to be as organized as I can because every delay, every time, every Everything that could go wrong when you're unable to do things as well as a sighted person adds to the stress of traveling. And traveling shouldn't be so stressful that the getting there isn't at least somewhat enjoyable. And I've come to realize that often in my travels, it's the trip is often as interesting as the final destination. This is particularly true if I take the train or if we uh, have a chance to do a layover somewhere for a night, because maybe we get a better deal out of an airline uh, in a different city. So for example, we just did a Great Lakes cruise back in uh, uh, August through the Smithsonian. Uh, And the the ship docked in Milwaukee. But The flight from Milwaukee back to Dulles was so much more expensive than a flight out of O'Hare that my wife and I booked an Amtrak train from Milwaukee to downtown Chicago. There was an Amtrak station very close to the Milwaukee uh, airport. So all we had to do was take advantage of the travel service offered by the cruise line to go to the airport and then take a shuttle from the airport to the train station. From there, we went to downtown Chicago, took the Chicago Transit Authority train from downtown Chicago to O'Hare Airport, where we booked a hotel for the night, got up the next morning and got on the airplane. With help from the concierge in the hotel, I got a wheelchair and a luggage cart and we were able to take all that luggage we had on our cruise, and with a airport employee straight to our gate from the lobby of the hotel. All of this totally minimized the stress for myself, but more importantly, for my wife. So maybe it's swallowing pride. I don't know. Each of us is different. But I try to take advantage of any kind of I don't want to call them perk, but let's call them service that airlines and other travel uh, things like cruise lines or the train or what have you, to make it as easy as possible and as stress-free to travel. And I want to point out this itinerary where I went from Milwaukee to uh, Chicago. We saved enough money on our airplane ticket doing that that it was a wash including the dinner we had in Chicago. So for the the extra benefit was we got to spend a night in Chicago. We got to travel on a train, which I love to do. And it was about the same price as if we had just flown out of Milwaukee. And since I'm retired and my wife has retired, the extra day didn't matter to us. Uh, The other thing I would say it's important as a traveler is you, you have to be pretty confident of your mobility skills. Um, if you're not confident of your mobility skills, then you need to have a travel companion who is patient and understanding to make sure that you don't run into problems. Sighted people get hurt when they travel all the time, they fall downstairs or who knows whatever can go wrong. So as a, traveling person with a visual impairment it is really important to be confident and aware of your surroundings if you travel with a cane use it if you have a guide dog of course you're going to use her or him but be careful be aware because nothing wrecks a trip faster than become than getting injured when you're you know out of town somewhere particularly if you're in uh, say, a foreign country. Um, I've act- We've actually found, my wife and I, that uh, having a metal- medical problem handled in Portugal turned out to be a, I won't say wonderful experience, but it turned out to be no issue, even though it was fraught with a little worry. What happened is, is my wife injured her knee at the end of our river cruise in Portugal. And uh, that's, a, that's a story for another day. But let's just say <laughs> that we, uh, we had, it was handled both professionally by the people on the cruise. It was handled professionally by the hospital where Susan had to go, my wife. And which brings me to my last point. The travel insurance that we paid very little money for. The $30 for the flight insurance, the extra travel insurance, paid back over $10,000 coming home because what had happened to my wife's knee, she could not sit in economy. She couldn't straighten her leg. Therefore, she got a business class ticket so that she could lie on those uh, seats that fold back like beds and come home. And we got a limousine from the airport to the door of our house, that was a, a cost that if we had to pay for that out of our pocket would have been an additional ten or twelve thousand dollars. Believe me, if any invest every investment I made of thirty dollars paid off ten thousand or twelve thousand dollars, I'd be a very wealthy man. So that's the other thing I would stress: it doesn't pay to be penny wise and pound foolish. All kinds of things can happen. So. I basically believe in travel insurance. Sometimes it's way too expensive. Uh, I actually now pay for an annual travel health plan. And then I also buy the supplemental flight insurance and things like that, because that's usually not very expensive. Um, Because, you know, taking a trip of a lifetime can cost a person a lot of money. If something goes wrong and you have to come up with an additional amount of money, that that can be <laughs> that's another thing that'll really add stress to your life. So that's something else I recommend. Um, I'm really glad to hear that there are services like Minds Eye Travel. I know there are also services in the UK that cater to the visually impaired. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company right now, but I also know that there are other. Uh, Travel advisors and so on, which may be worth consulting. Uh, And certainly, it's always good to do some research, even if it's something simple. One of the things I do is I use um, Blind Square, which, alas, is not free. I think it's $39. But what I like about it is you can simulate locations in most places around uh, the United States, Europe um the caribbean uh, hawaii of course is part of the united states i haven't looked to see about asia and south america but the point is if you know you're going to a particular location for example i'm going to sedona arizona the end of november and i know the hotel i'm going to be staying at the resort i'm going to stay so one of the things i'll do and i started doing this last night is I'll bring up my blind square, I'll find that resort, double check it's the right one in case there's more than one XYZ resort in an area. Sometimes there are hotels or what have you. And I will simulate that location and then I will begin to use features in the app to find out where are the closest restaurants? Where are the closest points of public transportation? Where is there a grocery store if I happen to be staying where I can cook some of my own meals? Um, what are the arts and entertainment things that are nearby? I mean, obviously many of us, when we go on a trip, there are highlights of things that we wanna see. But since I do, my wife and I do a lot of independent travel, that is we don't go on tours. We, we, as often as we travel by ourselves, a lot of times it's up to us to find the things we want to experience while we're traveling. And while you can use Google or TripAdvisor or any number of sites to find these things, Blind Square gives me the ability to see how far that is exactly away from where I'm staying. Can I walk there? That kind of thing. And that's nice stuff to know when one puts one's feet on the ground in a new location. And the other thing is, when I have traveled with tours now of course with Sue's, Susan Sue's tours with uh, mind's eye that's part of the deal you already everybody knows going in that there are visually impaired people but when I traveled to Italy for example I had to make it very clear to the touring company uh, that I'm visually impaired and if I'm going to take a flight I always make sure that in the profile for that for that airline they know that I'm visually impaired and if I'm going on a cruise I let them know I'm visually impaired I'm not asking necessarily for extra help but I like the understanding that when I arrive at the cruise terminal and I'm going to get on the the ship they're not flummoxed by my white cane and that has happened I've had a cruise line not allow me to use an escalator because I had a white cane and that's unfortunate I'm not going to mention any names because I'm hoping their policies have changed. But the point is, it pays to let the people that are helping you with your travel, whether it be the airline, the cruise company, the train, the tour company, let them know that there's a visually impaired person. The other thing that did for me, for example, when I went to Italy, is that got me a special guided tour of the Vatican with a special guide trained, to help the visually impaired go through the Vatican, so you get perks for letting people know you're visually impaired. It's this, it's just not, oh, I'm I'm a visually impaired person, and you know I need you to take care of me. That's not what it's about. It's about making sure that you have every opportunity to get every single iota of enjoyment out of your trip. Because if your trip is no fun, then why are you traveling?
0: Stan, thank you so much. And I'm not going to do questions yet. We're going to let Vicky go and then we'll open up Q&A. But Stan, thank you for all these very valuable pieces of information.
2: You're welcome. Thank you.
3: Hi, this is Vicki Ratcliffe. I assume everybody can hear me. Just a second. I want to cut speech off. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of a different situation than maybe many of you. Um, I've been totally blind for all my life. So, um, I have um, done a good bit of traveling, some by myself, some with other totally blind people, and, uh, and also been on some cruises. Um, As for the, the wheelchair thing, I think it really, like Stan said, it really depends on the person and personal preference. And I think that you have to do what is right for you. Um, now, for me, when I go to the airport, Um, I tend to go to the curbside check-in and I have the um, taxi driver or lift driver drop me off there and then they can check you right in at the um, desk and then I tell them I need assistance to the gate and of course they bring the wheelchair and I I didn't tell them I needed it and for me, I don't uh, only because they're willing to walk with you to the gate and they uh I walk with them many times and go through security. Um and it's almost just as easy for me. I can understand it if you had like uh, another person and you didn't you didn't want to get separated from them. I can understand how a wheelchair might be helpful but a lot of times it's just me. But anyway, they take you to the gate and one of the things I try to do is ask them what is near the gate because if your flight gets delayed or you're you get there early and you want a cup of coffee or something it's just simply nice to know what is near my gate and so that's the way i do it Um, but but nothing is wrong right or wrong about the wheelchair you have to do what's what you want to do and what makes you feel comfortable i will tell you i have had to use it a few times when i was going to miss a connecting flight so I didn't want to miss the flight. So yes, I used the wheelchair, and I did have one airport tell me that unless I used a wheel- wheelchair, I couldn't get service. It was not in the DC area, I will tell you. So um, anyway, um, just so people know, um, you can pre-board an airplane when you are taking a flight. So when they make the announcement about, um, you know, anyone who needs to pre-board, um, you can do so and I always let the uh, person at the desk know when I get to the gate that I am on a certain flight. Um, One of the things I do, I, I know maybe a lot of people don't know grade one braille, but I put my flight numbers and seat number on three by five cards that I write before going to the airport. So I'm in control to know my reservation number, my flight numbers and the seat. So anyway, the um, people at the gate, they will walk with you into the airplane and to your seat. So um, do keep that in mind. I've flown uh, many times and uh, and enjoy it. And hopefully you get good seat mates if you're by yourself. The other thing I wanted to talk about was trains. And yes, uh, Stan, I agree with you. I love taking the train. And I have to tell you, Amtrak is super good about Uh, assisting people now one thing you have to think about if you are by yourself um, if you're going to a destination that has an unmanned station nobody is going to be there to uh, perhaps get you to a certain place to wait for a taxi or Lyft or Uber so do keep that in mind but I will tell you um, I use my cane all the time and getting on the train you really need um, to use it because when you go up the steps if you have to or step over a little gap in the platform you can take your cane and you can feel how high are the steps but the people at the train station themselves and on the train are very helpful I like to sit um, like one car behind the cafe car so that if I wanna go get something to drink, I can do it or food. Um, They do have accessible seating on the train. I tend to maybe sit a couple rows back because I like to just have the table right in front of me to pull it down. Although I think in the accessible seating, you can pull it from the side, but I I find Amtrak very helpful and uh, love taking the train in all honesty. I wrote some other notes I would like to talk about and, but I would really encourage people to take the train. Um, and I think you really would enjoy it. It's also kind of nice to just talk to the passengers on the train too. And sometimes on flights you can really, um, end up talking to certain people sitting near you. Uh, like Stan said, uh, do your re- do some research before you go. I also use blind square and, um, uh, stimulated uh, the city of London when I was here before I was going to London. Um, The other thing I really also wanted to talk about, I was asked to talk about transportation in cities. Um, I love to go and actually spend three or four days in a city and I've done this with several other blind people. We went to Savannah and um, nobody wanted to look up what we should do and so I was put in charge, so that's what I did. And we did stuff like a trolley tour, a river cruise. I found a theater show we could do and a carriage ride. And we did some shopping. And uh, the hotel in Savannah did have a shuttle that would take you uh, where you wanted to go in the city. And that really helped a lot. I like doing the hop on hop off buses. And when I get there and people might say, well, why should you do it? But you always learn something and it gives you an overview of what the city has to offer. I would also say uh, when you are traveling and you need assistance, don't ask, or don't be afraid to ask people for um, directions or information that you might need. One thing that hasn't been covered are hotels, and I will mention this. I also, I do use rideshare services now when I travel, and also um, taxis, but of course now they don't have as many taxis as they used to in in certain areas. I want to talk about hotels for a minute, and there are a few pointers that I think people need to know. When you go into a hotel, and even with your site, even if you are, if you're by yourself, you do have to learn this, and you do. But if you're with somebody even, you really need to know where the front desk is, where the elevators are, and where the steps are. Um, And for elevators, you can have elevators uh, on both sides of the hall or one side of the hall. But I would say definitely learn where the elevators are and learn where the steps are on your floor. So heaven forbid, if there would ever be a fire, that you would be able to know where those steps are. And what I have tended to do when I've gone to a hotel by myself, I have the front desk, um, they show me to my room and then I um, have um, them show me once I get to the room so I can do it one more time to know where the elevators are. And um, there are numbers a lot now in the hotels so, in other words, they're by your door, so you can read them if you know Braille, and if you know large print, you can you can feel the numbers too, and that really helps an awful lot. Um, the other thing I was going to say is that if you wanted to go to breakfast and your partner didn't, and you are in a hotel, if it's a hotel where everything is in one building, that is, then I would just ask the front desk where the restaurant is and uh take the elevator down to the let's say it's on the lobby for for this purpose. And when you get off the elevator, start listening. And do you hear dishes in the background if the restaurant is there? Or you could go where the front desk and someone would probably, if you ask them in a nice way, they would show you where the restaurant is. Um I've had situations where I've gone and eaten in hotel restaurants and I've just had them get the buffet for me if if um, that's what I want. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, The other thing I want to mention about elevators too about your cane do use it because um, you want to make sure I've never had this happen yet and I hope I never do but when the elevator opens you, you want to make sure there is a floor so when you step in that elevator, you will know you are not going down the elevator shaft. So no matter how much vision you have, a cane can help also in identification. Um, I was with someone one time and she had some partial sight. But um, when someone said, do you see it over there? She just said no, but she didn't tell them why she couldn't see or, or not really why, but She didn't really have a cane, but if they see the cane, even if you use it for identification, then I think it helps people to know, well, you know, maybe we can show a person how and what they need. Um, Other things, I really enjoy traveling. I have to be honest. One thing I like staying in a city for a few days, you get to know the hotel and you also get to know different things in the city that you particularly want to use. I know that some, a lot of cities have paratransit services and there are ways, if you have paratransit, you can contact another paratransit system in another city and see if you can use paratransit service when you are there. Another thing I would also say, if I were planning a trip sometimes, I've called hotels to ask about, are you by a, road, and they said, oh, we're just across the street. I said, is it a six-lane road or four-lane road? Oh, yeah, it's a six-lane road. And I said, well, that won't help me because I don't want to cross a six-lane road. The other thing I was going to say, though, is um, don't be afraid to call museums before you go or any site you would want to see and ask them what they're like. Do they have any audio tours? Do they have any audio description? And um, I'm trying to think of other things. I just hope, oh, I also have taken the bus. There are not as many the Greyhound buses. And yes, you can you can take the bus. Um, and but but again there, do find out are you gonna be getting off uh, at a, a just a bus stop or are you gonna get off at a bus station? Um, and I just hope everybody, Will get out there and start traveling, even if it's doing something locally. And you may think, well, that's not travel. Well, it is in a sense, because if you have never done it, you should try it, doing something locally. And like Stan said, do something small, but get out and enjoy this world and everything it has to offer. And you're going to be surprised about things you will find that you will want to do. So that's it for me.
0: All right. Thank you, Vicky, so much for that presentation and sharing a a different perspective, but a lot of similar situations and recommendations. Thank you so much. All right, folks. So I want to open up the time for Q&A here. So as a reminder to unmute yourself, there's a microphone shape button at the bottom left of your screen. You can also press Alt plus the letter A or Command Shift A if on a Mac. And if you're on the phone, it is star six. Whoever has a question may go ahead and ask the first question. Ruth, I see you unmuted yourself. Did you have a question? Perhaps not.
1: <laughs> Am I still muted, Sean?
0: Who's that? Sue. No, we can hear you, Sue. Okay. Okay. Any questions, folks? While we're waiting, I do have one question. um, And this this may go, actually, it's probably for all three of you. What, uh, you know, traveling, when you first started out, what was the most difficult piece for you all? And then what did you find helped the most for you when starting out on getting these new travel things, new travel outside of the local area? That's,
2: that's Uh, a, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sue.
1: Um, the very first thing that comes to mind is um, I'm bringing the conversation back to that wheelchair again. Um, when I started travel, I sometimes I, I wasn't using a white cane in the beginning and I asked for assistance, but I did not wanna get into that wheelchair. It Just had such a stigma for me and I just couldn't handle it. Well, now I'm happy to see that wheelchair come, come up and um, it has saved me uh, making connections I don't know how many times. And it's just so much easier. And I don't mind getting in that wheelchair anymore. So, you know, it's a process. In the beginning, you don't want to do it, but uh, it's when sometimes when you're just, you have a long trip, you're really tired, you're, you know, you're in a different country, you don't know the airport. It really is a lot easier just to get in. They know where the bathrooms are and they know where the best places to pick up a sandwich. And um, it's it just extra nice to use it.
3: Yeah, I guess and, for, oh go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Jakey. Yeah. Um I uh traveled to France in uh college. I did a semester abroad, and what was really interesting um is the streets and how fast people drove over in France. But uh I never really thought about travel being difficult. But you see, back when I started, we didn't have all this technology. So when you went to a hotel of any sort, you just counted the doors to find your room because they didn't have the elevators. You know, you just guessed what floor you were getting on. You knew what floor you were getting on and off. But um, the one thing I think is that now I think it's a lot easier to travel well for all of us. Um, Now, other countries don't have some of the same standards that we do. In terms of accessibility. So when you go to another country, you have to realize you're dealing with what they do for visually impaired people. Um, but its I never really thought about it. Um, I never thought of it as a difficulty. I just kind of did what I wanted. One thing I want to also say, um, if you haven't done a good bit of traveling, if you would like to, attending some of the consumer uh conventions for the blind is a good way to travel it's a good way to meet people go on tours um go to meetings and learn a good bit so do keep that in mind and uh i think you would enjoy them i started going many years ago and go off and on now it just depends on what i'm doing that's it you know that's how it goes
2: Um, my answer to the question is, is based on the fact that I've been legally blind all my life. But when I was younger, high school and, and college, my vision was a little better. And it took me a long time to realize, A, use that white cane all the time, and B, use it as a way to identify yourself to sighted people so that when you ask for help, directions or whatnot, A, first of all, they understand that you do have a visual problem. It's not some other sort of problem. And B, they tend to be a little more patient with you if they do the old, it's over there. And you say, gee, I'm real sorry. I couldn't see where you point. Can you, you know, give me an idea? Do I go to the next street corner or whatever it happens to be? Um, So it it was learning to be okay with letting everybody know that I don't, that I'm blind. That was the that was the hardest hurdle for me getting around both traveling somewhere and even locally. Once I got over that hurdle, a lot of things got much easier, much, much easier. Um, So I guess that's how I answer your question, Sean. (laughs) Right. And, and
3: even even now, I'll ask someone, where is like the trash can? They'll say over there. But it's going to still <laughs> happen anyway. But you, you just deal with us over where now? Tell me where, tell me where over there is.
1: Can I say one more thing I, I wanted to mention about hotels? Um, sure. I, I also have a tendency to stay with the same chain just for the convenience because I have it in my profile that I want a hotel room as close to the elevator as they can give me. And that's, uh, uh, and some of these hotels can be huge. Um, It just makes it so much easier. And even if you are counting doors, you know, you will have to count 35 doors before you find your room. Um, And, and, you know, most of the time you don't hear the elevator. Most people don't want to be anywhere near an elevator because they think they're not going to be able to sleep all night. And that's not the case. I never have a problem with that. Um, And it's just... um, it's nice. I, I've always just picked Hilton. If I have groups and I go out of the country, I know that they're going to um, welcome our guide dogs because it says right on their website, uh, um, Service Animals Welcome. Um, so I just happen to pick that one. But um, again, it's in my profile that they're always going to put me near the elevator because I that's one of my requests. And you build up points
3: too. I love I love Hilton. Actually, I I have points with them, too. Uh huh.
2: Yeah. Well, it's unanimous. I also use Hilton. (laughs) uh, But I also I, I, you know, Marriott and some other things. And I have to say. If I, I travel to Austin, Texas, a lot because my daughter lives there and she just got married and it was great to go back down there for that. I tend to stay at the same hotels when I visit. Because I know the neighborhood and I tend to get, even though they often cost more, I tend to book hotels that are right, right downtown in a city because, like Vicki said, if you don't, you're often in this hotel that's out in, you know, there are six lane highways all the way around it. So that means your walking options are very limited, which means, okay, now I'm going to rely on public transportation if it's available or ride sharing if it's available to get anywhere interesting. Because you know, those hotels that are close to the airport often don't have much else around them that's
0: interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, May other I questions? Question? <laughs> yes. Go ahead.
4: Thank you. Um, presentations have been wonderful today. And I have been a lifelong traveler um, until I started losing my vision. I'm now completely blind and what I'm looking for is incentive to travel. Now I agree with—I think it was Sue who said her favorite places, cities in the world: Paris, England, France, um, Italy. Um, <laughs> some of my favorite places too have been East Africa and Egypt. And I'm wondering what a blind person—what a blind person can get. Out of visits to those places. I don't, I'm not aware, and it's probably because I never asked about it, what tactile, what tactile um, um, uh, uh, forces are there, what tactile objects can you touch in Africa? Um, I can tell you what I saw, and that was the beauty of it all. I can go to Paris. I can go to the Louvre. Gosh forbid, don't touch anything in there. Don't get too close to anything. But I can tell you the beauty of the paintings I saw. I can go to England. I can go to Stratford and sit and listen to wonderful plays. But I don't know how many of them are now audio, well, have audio facilities. So I'm trying to think. Um, As someone who loves to travel, it's been the biggest disappointment in losing my vision for me now. I don't know why I should travel. I mean, if I'm going to travel someplace, but I'm just going to sit in my hotel, why? I mean, I I would feel more comfortable. I'd feel safer. I'd save a lot more money. Um, I, I don't know how to travel anymore. I'm sorry.
1: Now I'll hush. Can anybody help me out?
2: I, I, I just think absolutely. Go, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, I, yeah, I'm jumping in because I just took a group for the first time to Africa this last year. Yeah. And um, I've, uh, I have very little sight left myself. And I didn't know um, what I was going to be able to see, if anything. And so I, uh, my husband has gone to Africa many times, and he had this vendor that that I ended up working with and they met us at the airport and um let's see where do we start we started in uh, victoria falls and of course going to the falls is very tactile you hear it from your hotel room before you even get to the falls it's just unbelievable loud and the vibration it's really you know the the, the uh, what is it something that thunders is what it's called but the more um what they call lookout places The more you go down and go farther to these lookout spots, the wetter you get. So you're hearing it; the vibration, the vibration is there, and you're getting all this mist all over you. Get soaked wet, soaking wet, if you wanted to. And that was just the beginning. We went to something called an elephant encounter. It was an optional activity that I offered, and we all signed up for it. And it was just our small group, and uh, they divided us up into uh, uh, four groups of four people. And they started out telling us about, um, they um, it's it's a rescue project that they're doing really good work with. They I don't remember how many elephants are there, but they have a lot. They're not chained up. They're not tied up. They're not anything. There's no fences. That, uh, elephants can come and go, and they just stay because they like it and they're treated well. Well, one by one, um, we got to walk up and touch the elephant's trunk, pet it you know, soothe it, you know, we weren't allowed to say anything loud or move fast or scream or anything. We had to be quiet. And each each elephant had a handler. But we got to go up and feel that trunk. And it's the most amazing feeling. I thought it would be soft. You know, it's kind of like a marshmallow. It's hard as can be. And the, the hair on an elephant's trunk are like wires. And we got to feed them. They have these little snacks, and the the elephant would just put its, you know, his his trunk up, and you would drop a couple snacks into the trunk, and it would feed itself. And they just love it. It has molasses, I guess, in these snacks. And I mean, how 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 can you pass up on doing something like that? It was a chance of a lifetime. I have
4: it because I have done that. Oh. And, and I've done that sighted. I've been up in East Africa with Daphne Sheldrick and her 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 um, nursery up there. Uh-huh. and I've you know financially supported. It. So I understand the thrill of all that. Uh-huh. Um, but there on top of that, there is nothing better than seeing that herd of elephants. On their own not dependent on humans led by a beautiful huge matriarch with tusks that are two feet long and behind her are you know her sisters her daughters or granddaughters and they're all moving together so I understand I understand that beauty and that's what I that's what I miss seeing mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know and I, I've never been to Victoria Falls so I apologize I I, I do Believe that that would be a great adventure and very tactile. Uh Yeah, I really recommend that.
2: That was amazing. If I could could jump in, I feel having traveled as my sight got worse that I've allowed my other senses to substitute for what my eyes do. And I would recommend that to get an idea of whether this is going to work for you, don't go right jump into Africa. Go downtown. Go somewhere where something is going on, where you can just sit and absorb the surroundings and see, okay, can I hear something other than traffic? Can I hear people talking? Can I hear maybe it's downtown where they have the push cart selling things? Can I, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, What do I smell besides You know, car exhaust. Are there interesting smells, whether from food vendors or a garden or... um, I think it's a matter of trying to tune in to other senses. And for those who have some sight, I tell people, look all around, look down. One of the things that a lot of people miss in uh, Porto, Portugal is when you walk through downtown and they have these tall buildings and you think, oh, you're just in a normal business district. Well, the sidewalks have all these intricate patterns and artwork and tile work in them. And yeah, you can feel them with your feet or your cane, but if you have some vision, a lot of them have a high enough contrast that you can see them. So, and that's something a lot of sighted people don't pay attention to. They become blasé about their immediate surroundings. And so they don't notice things like that. Um, in Italy, there are lots of things that are available to one tactily. Uh, in Milan, where we stayed right near the train station, there's a park. And outside the park, well, at the entrance to the park, there was a big tactile map that was sort of a layout of that section of the city so that one could feel where the roads were running and there was braille on it. It was in Italian. So I didn't understand a lot of it. But again, I had my blind swear to help. But the point is, there are ways when one travels to indulge your other senses and get a meaningful experience. But it takes practice and it takes patience. So start locally. Pick a spot, someplace you're sort of interested in. And at first, pick a spot you knew when you were sighted. Go there and see how much of it you can enjoy without using your vision. I highly urge you to do that. That way, you are going to be better able to answer your own question.
4: Great advice from all of you. Thank you.
2: Well, One of the things
3: I've also enjoyed in traveling is just if I've been... uh, to a restaurant or something and just getting conversation with somebody in line or something and just, just chatting with some of the locals. And, uh, I have done some tours, like just city tour type of things. And that's a good way to, uh, think about what can I go on, you know, where I can use my hearing and, uh, make up for the site you don't have. And I know it's a difficult situation for you because, um, You think, I really want to see it. And, uh, you know, but just think about what can your other senses, like Stan said, what can you go and do where your other senses will kick in? And just think about even going somewhere, uh, a little destination that you haven't been to and try it uh, as a blind person if it had something you wanted to do or see.
1: I and want to jump are, in. Oh, you all are so uh, lucky. To, you have a Smithsonian right there. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. And um, yeah, I, well, I haven't. I haven't
4: taken that challenge yet. Um,
2: well, that's and,
4: something and, and, I want to. I want
2: to uh, jump. I want to jump in yeah. on that because I'm going to plug my own organization, which is the Rest in Vision Impaired Persons Group. On November 3rd, we're having a meeting where docents from the art museum at the Smithsonian are coming and they're going to talk to us about what they offer for their tours for the blind and visually impaired you may want to come to that (laughs) um anyway the other thing is I wanted to jump in real quick because there's new technology for those who have had sight and for those who haven't the Artificial intelligence and seeing AI and Be My AI, which is part of Be My Eyes, where you can take a picture and then it will describe that picture in the most remarkable way. I agree. It's probably more meaning. It would be more meaningful to you as someone who used to have sight than it is to a totally blind person. Because when you hear there's a light blue sky with fleecy clouds, Well, as a person who's been totally blind all their life, that's not, I mean, it's interesting, but you don't know what light blue looks like. But the point is, that's coming, it's going to become more pervasive, and it will be helpful. I'm not saying it's a substitute for your own senses. It is not. But it is a good adjunct that is going to start changing our lives as we do things in the world. And I think that will be an aid to travel as well.
3: I'm a. I was. Thank a beta. you all again.
4: What just one? Yeah, I'm sorry. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. You're very positive and uplifting, and I've gotten great feedback. And uh, just thank you,
5: thank you all.
3: I want to say one thing. Uh, I was a beta beta tester for my Eyes, and I still use it a good bit all the time with the Chat GPT. And I was just fascinated when I knew I could take a picture as a totally blind person, and it would tell me what it is. I mean, like, and describe it. And I'm like, it even describes some jewelry that I had and told me one of the bracelets was a, a stretch bracelet. And so now I can get all my jewelry out. I don't have that much, but what I want to get out and then take pictures and have Chat GPT tell me what it is, what colors it is.
2: Well, getting back, like, to, getting back to travel on that, my wife and I take lots of pictures when we travel because I have a tiny bit of vision. And I went through some of those pictures from our Great Lakes cruise and, it, and shared them with uh, Be My AI. And it was absolutely amazing the things it said and got right about the pictures and told me things in the pictures that I couldn't see. It was just tremendous.
3: I agree. Totally. Totally. And I, I have Ira on my phone. I use it a little bit for travel. You know, some just depending.
2: What, what, what was that? I, I, Ira.
3: I have Ira. on my Oh, family.
2: yeah. I have Ira, too. Yeah, I but, have Ira. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. Anyway, we're sort of off topic, but I did want <laughs> to mention that because I think it's going to improve our lives as travelers going forward.
0: All right. Any other questions? We are getting close to our time here, guys.
5: Sean, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you, go right ahead.
5: Oh, um, I just want to thank all of you for all this useful information. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I used to be a TV executive uh, producer and uh, for that reason, I used to travel a lot. Ever since I lost my sight, I don't have a chance to travel as much as I need it. With today's information, uh, (laughs) I am certain that I'm gonna start traveling again. One question I have from Sue that, uh, if you could please tell me the pricing with a volunteer and with a sighted spouse, uh, I'm sorry, Sided uh, spouse uh, to
1: travel well uh, as you can imagine it varies a lot a lot varies on my um domestic land tours um like our Yellowstone trip next year uh, the price is 4990 and that includes you sharing one sided guide with uh, another traveler. Um, if someone brings their own sighted guide, I think they get a thousand off, but I'd I'd have to look that up because it does vary. Um, some of the trips get up close to ten thousand by the time, you know, like our um, British Isles trip is two weeks long, so of course that's going to be higher priced. Uh, the Yellowstone trip is is seven eight days seven nights, um, so I oh, I try to. I try to have um, a more affordable trip each year. Um, it's hard to get those prices down, but it, every penny you spend, it's worth it. Uh, we have so much fun. We have a lot of laughs. Uh, we get to know one another we, We're kind of like a, a family when we travel. Um, it's just, um, I have so many wonderful memories, especially now that I went to Africa. Um, I got to see the giraffes and I got to see elephants, but we're so close to the, to the vehicle. Um, And I'll just never forget that. It's like burned in my memory. Um, The last thing I wanna do is stay home. So um, I encourage everybody to travel if they want to, not everyone wants to, but don't don't think that there isn't enough out there to enjoy because there certainly is. Thank you. Thank you very Mm -hmm.
0: much. We have time for one more question.
3: I have a question really quick. You both mentioned using IRA. What is IRA? It's a service that you pay for every month, and they can, um, you use an iPhone, uh, and I think they're on Android as well. And you can ask them pretty much anything that you wish. Um, I've had them help me fill out accessible forms inaccessible forms on the mac and so things like that if you want to know about uh uh, what is this uh frozen package they'll tell you that too um you do pay for it their prices might be going up in the future i just have the very basic plan i'm not sure what they are charging right now because i i know they did implement last year some uh raised prices but they're not going to raise them in 2024, Um, you do, you are allowed, from what I know, uh, to have a free call, I think once or twice a day, if you wish, for five minutes. But they are very good for um, things, I think, um, especially forms, helping, you know, filling out forms, they can scan them in and they can help you fill it out if it's not accessible. And uh, just, they can almost help you with anything that you wish. And Be My Eyes is another one as well. They're very good too. They're they're volunteers. Uh, The IRA people are paid. So,
0: Could you spell IRA for us?
3: A-I-R-A. And they do have a website.
0: All right. Thank you. Well, S- Sue, Vicki, Stan, thank you so much for today's presentation. This was a really valuable uh, talk for a lot of folks on today's call, and I'm sure for many more once we get this posted. Thank you for your time today.
3: Thank oh, you. oh I, enjoyed pleasure. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you, too. <laughs>
0: All right, everyone. And thank you everyone for joining today. If you want to get a replay of this, we will be having it shared here in the next day or so. Uh, Additionally, we will have more events uh, coming up in the near future. And as a reminder, our next town hall will be Wednesday, November fifteenth, at 11am. But until then, I will see you all next time.